The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. Hold the fantasy. I'm getting used to it. At some point, I'm going to yank that suffix off the name of the show, and it's going to feel weird going back to the normal way of doing things. But for now, we are what we are. We are a fantasy show, Son Fantasy. I am Dan Bespris, your humble host, humbled by the fact that we haven't had actual fantasy content in seven months and counting. And this is, of course, as always, a HoopBall presentation. Hoop-Ball.com is the website. HoopBall tweets if you want to follow them on Twitter. All of us, maybe I should say, on Twitter. I am at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. HoopBall is HoopBall official on Instagram and HoopBall hoops on Facebook. Uh, All the good stuff available at every one of those locations. Twitter, probably the fastest news-breaking source, if that's what you're looking for. Uh, and why you're following HoopBall. HoopBall Gaming rolling along up to 860 Twitter followers. Now very impressed with what those guys are doing, especially on the winning front. The HoopBall Hawks dropped another episode. The great Brad Harden has been amazing since taking over and founding that coverage of a Hawks. I, I mean, legitimately, I don't know where he's coming up with this stuff, but he's got content every every few days, every week. In fact, on their most recent episode, Brad talks about the new City Edition uh, jerseys the Hawks are unveiling that will commemorate the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which, by the way, the fact that they have that as a City jersey makes me really wonder if this season is expected to start by MLK Day. Doesn't have to, but certainly would be for some pretty good synergy. Uh, Also digs into whether the Hawks might make the playoffs next year. Uh, Of course, we have Lakers and Heat episodes that are dropping between every one of these playoff games and more. The gaming guys have an episode every day. The DFS guys have an episode every time there's a basketball game to cover. And the new box score breakdown, Doug and David have the one that dropped earlier this morning, talking mostly about the finals with some betting implications mixed in as well. So having a little fun on that front, just like we are here on Fantasy NBA Today Hold the Fantasy. All the betting stuff we talk about is courtesy of our friends at mybookie.ag. Don't worry, folks. We've got our eyes on the prize over there at mybookie.ag. If they have any of these free wagers that pop up, we'll be the first to let you guys know. Right now, we're just making our money the old-fashioned way with winning wagers, with hitting over 52.4% of our bets. I think I've mentioned it before. That covers the VIG, and uh, we'll just grow our bankroll slowly. That's, That's the beauty of doing it this way is, you know, you figure out what uh, affectionately, well, the, the betting community refers to them as units. This is something that a term you should use if you're going to be doing it along with us. Units are generally considered to be 1% of your bankroll. So if your bankroll is 100 bucks, a unit would be $1, which is a very hard way to wager. Um, and most people, you know, if you're working with a bankroll that's not $1,000, basically, if you have 1000 bucks, a unit is $10. And that's, I think, probably about as low as you should go with an individual wager on a game. I guess you could go with five if you really wanted to, a bankroll of 500. Um, I think many of us don't feel like putting $500 into a, an online sports book or handling it with a bookie or whatever, however you're betting. 
So you don't have to truly abide by that 1% rule with a unit. You know, you could have a bankroll of 100 bucks and make a unit 5%. So then, you know, you only have 20 units and we have to be very cautious because there are swings, but that that would that would potentially work. I think a hundred dollar bankroll is a way you can kind of get things started. Two hundred is probably a safer number if you're going to be betting five to ten dollars per game, and you just slowly grow it from there. You know, you the way you think about it is, and I know this this might turn some people off who hear us talk about sports betting on this podcast and think, "Ooh, get rich quick scheme." That's not the way to to slot this out in your brain. If you have a two hundred dollar bankroll and you're putting five, let's say ten dollars on each game. The expectation is that by the end of, say, a playoffs or a season or whatever it is you're working on, you're up some number of units, X number of units in the positive. I think um, if we use, say, uh, Brewski right now, I think he's been posting his record. He's something like a, a hundred and... Where the heck did it go? He, he sent it to me yesterday, and now I've got... Oh, he's 123 and 91 over... Uh, the last two seasons. So the, the betting has obviously ramped up more lately, um, but 91 times 1.1 is 100.1. 123 minus 100 is up 23 units. So he's up 23 units. So if you're betting $10 a wager, following Brew over the last two years, you're up $230. Cool, right? That sounds great, except, again, it's worth noting, it took a year and a half, basically, to get to that spot with a $10 bet. So I want you guys to keep this in mind. When we talk about what we're doing here, we're not trying to make a quick buck. If you have a colossal bankroll, if your bankroll's, you know, multiple thousands of dollars and you're putting 50, 100 bucks on each wager, then yeah, being up 23 units, that's a, that's a fat dent. That's, you know, 2,300 bucks or, you know, 1150 or whatever it is. Most of us, however, are, are putting smaller numbers on these games. I think... Maybe I'm wrong, but most of us are probably betting more like 10 to $20 per game. So if over the course of a year, you make 100 or $200, cool. The next thing you do, and this is just general strategy here before we go back to our MyBookie read, is at the end of some number of months or at certain thresholds, you want to tweak what your unit is. All right? So if you started with 100 bucks and you decided that a unit was going to be a, a 20th, 5% of your bankroll, that would be a $5 wager in that instance. Well, maybe say when you get to $200, you stop doing $5 bets and you reassign what a unit is, meaning you sort of recalibrate. If it's still 5%, then your unit should have gone from $5 to $10 at that point. Or maybe you keep the unit, maybe you keep the bet at $5 and your unit is now 2.5% instead of 5% of your bankroll. So you want to reassess intermittently as you're growing your bankroll. And when you hit certain thresholds, you can make your wagers bigger. So this betting that we're doing is a very long-term proposition. And it's also critical to realize that these free wagers that my bookie keeps coming out with, their odds boost features, for someone who had a bankroll of $100, we made 45 on that crazy Chiefs bet without ever thinking about it, and anywhere from 70 to about 110 over, not this last weekend, but the previous one, 
betting a whole bunch of college stuff for the most part. Those were all odds-boosted wagers. So someone that started with a $100 bankroll there could have grown it into something like $230, $240 without even really ever thinking about it. And then you slowly chunk off piece after piece. You make your $10 wagers. You're up, you know, a unit every couple of weeks. By the end of four, five, six weeks, maybe you're up five, six units. Maybe you're up a little more. It's going to fluctuate. Maybe you get to that $300 threshold and you change your bet size to $10. Or maybe you get to a $500 as you slowly grow your bankroll. And again, that's why these odds boosters are so critical, especially for those of us that aren't working with $1,000, $2,000 bankrolls. If if a, a website gives you an opportunity to just put an extra 50 or 80 or $100 in your account, that's not rollover money. I mean, damn, you do it. So thank you to MyBookie for running those promos. They had one with NFL. They had one with college. I'm betting we'll keep seeing them because sports are just going to keep on rumbling now. After that long layoff, everybody wants to sort of jam everything in at this point. So we'll keep we'll keep tied to it. And just make sure that if you do sign up for an account over at MyBookie, you use promo code HOOPBALL uh, so that they know we sent you. And it also unlocks a 100% deposit match bonus. They will double your deposit effectively. Again, that promo code is HoopBall. It's on the third page of sign up over at mybookie.ag. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about ExpressVPN later on in today's podcast. I want to dive into the game coming up tonight. The finals are back on. It's game four. Lakers favored by eight. It's been bet up from seven and a half. I think that there's an expectation that Bam Adebayo is playing tonight based on the lower line based on the fact that he's been upgraded from doubtful to questionable. We've seen generally over the years that when players get upgraded as games approach, they usually play. And when a game of this magnitude, I think you can sort of, you know, 5X that feeling. During the regular season, somebody gets upgraded, you could still see them ruled out every once in a while because, you know, those games don't matter quite as much as 82 of them. Uh, And... When a game like this, I mean, this is this is pivotal. This is reset the series or Lakers take a commanding lead. He's going to be in there. And the odd thing is, I don't know if it, I don't know if it helps the Heat as much as I would have thought at the beginning of the series because having Kelly Olynyk out to pop towards the three point line has actually been incredibly useful. The Lakers have great rim protection. But the way the Heat have been able to compete offensively as well as they have the last two games was basically to just spread everybody out, get somebody who's not a great defender on Jimmy Butler, and let him go to work. And if the Lakers send help, there's four shooters. And it's really hard for the Lakers to recover when everybody is spaced out like that. Whereas now... What you'll see there is that one of those other four guys around Butler is going to be trying to work himself a little bit closer to the rim, maybe catch the ball on the roll if that's what happens. But you're probably not going to see as much ISO as you did because for the Lakers, they can run a bit more of a of a drop coverage at this point and just go back to kind of daring the heat to beat from outside and scramble back to the dudes that can shoot the three-pointer. I'm sure they have a plan up their sleeve. Miami is an extraordinarily well-coached team. Uh, Lakers have the more talented roster. We'll also see, frankly, if they show up. It's, um, 
know, the, the, one of the things that I lamented on the one of the shows late last week, and it was Thursday or Friday show, was that there's been a lot of lazy analysis in these files. It was just like, oh, well, the Lakers have looked good because they've been lucky, or, uh, you know, the Lakers have looked good because other teams have been consistently looking bad. The Lakers' defense had a lot to do with that. And then I think it's probably also a little bit lazy if my analysis of Game 3 is that the Lakers didn't play with heart. But at the same time, that was also my analysis of Game 2, which they won. Lakers haven't played hard the last two games. And admittedly, from a schematic standpoint, Miami had the better stuff happening in Game 3. But with proper effort, the Lakers would have had that game, like I said on, on yesterday's show, within probably one, maybe two possessions at the very most. Miscommunications, lazy offense, lazy defense... It all went into it. So even just playing harder in this game, you'll have a tight one. The, the other changes the Lakers are probably going to be looking at here going into game four is that you probably see uh, a little bit more fighting to keep good defenders on Butler. Because too many times, especially late in the ballgame, LeBron just kind of very happily switched off of him. And if that does happen again, the other thing I think, you, or at least I hope you'll see as a Laker fan, is that the defender that gets Butler plays off of him five or six feet. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's not. I know he's hit a few in these playoffs, and he's hit some big ones, actually. But overall, his great success is closer to the rim, as evidenced by the fact that he didn't hit a three-pointer in his cosmic game three uh, on Sunday. Not one. He got everything going towards the rim. Driving, drawing fouls, little fadeaways, bank shots, all that stuff. So play off of the dude. I know he'll still come at you, and then he might back you down a little bit, but play off of him. Don't let him get other people involved the way that he did in Game 3. And if there's less shooting on the floor, if you have to help off of somebody, it's a little bit easier to deal with it. Meanwhile, offensively, the Lakers just, you know, they can't have 19 turnovers. It's as simple as that. I, I don't care what the Heat are trying to do on the defensive side. The Lakers still had a ton of open looks in that game. And some of the guys hit the three-pointers. Some of them did not. You might not see the Lakers shoot 51% when the Heat are basically just saying, here, have these completely unguarded three-pointers. Uh, but what they are doing is they're... They're taking guys like Rajon Rondo a little bit out of their game, although, to his credit, he has shot the three ball extraordinarily well in the playoffs so far. And they're sort of... They're, they're forcing Lakers not named LeBron or Anthony Davis to have a bigger impact on the ball game. They're saying, look, at all costs, we are going to defend the paint. At all costs. Even if it means that we don't have anyone within 12 feet of the three-point line. That's called fully committing. And... I mean, it sort of worked in in Game 3, although, you know, I don't know how long you can give up looks like the ones they were giving up and still win the ball game. As I mentioned in the last one, uh, on Sunday's game, the total was basically right on the mark. I think it should have ended like maybe two points lower than it was. Miami overachieved, the Lakers underachieved. As I look towards this next ball game, from a schematic standpoint, it seems like maybe the biggest things you see change between Games 3 and Game 4 is, well, if, if Adebayo's back, Miami figures out a way to work him into the offense a little bit differently. On the Lakers' side, 
I think they've seen sort of the way that Miami is playing now, and it's going to be sending crap loads of bodies at Anthony Davis. So he's going to figure out how to get out of the double team. LeBron's going to probably draw more double teams, and they're just saying, look, these other guys are going to have to beat us. That's going to lead to runouts in both directions. You're going to see Lakers getting up three-pointers early in the shot clock because they, they know what's coming now, I think. And then for Miami, you know, they, the stuff they were running in their offensive set was also leading to relatively quick shots and decent pace in that ballgame. They also, again, overachieved thanks to good foul shooting, low turnovers, and very good shooting from the field. I'm a little hesitant. If there wasn't any roster turnover between these two games, if it was just uh, schematic changes, if it was just adjustments between games three and games four, I might actually consider an over because I think the Lakers probably go... I think the Lakers perform better in this game offensively. Defensively, I would have said, I don't know that the Lakers have the perfect solution to a Jimmy Butler-led sort of one with four out kind of thing. Uh, But without a bio back, I actually thought the Lakers had a better game plan, which was basically give him a ton of room, which allows the guy defending out of bio to help with dribble handoffs because that happens a lot and then if he's going to try to shoot fine but he's not going to take it right at Anthony Davis it's not going to work all that well I think you probably don't see Anthony Davis in foul trouble again I'm sure there is some lobbying there was a a call there was was an Olenek foul that or a charge drawn on AD that I'm really surprised the Lakers didn't challenge in that last game I mean everybody was drunk Everybody on the Lakers was drunk in that game. They could have easily challenged. It was AD's third foul. Very quickly after he came into the game in the second quarter, he was driving to his right. He had the ball on the left elbow extended and was dribbling out towards the three-point line. And uh, Olenek slid in front of him and fell down, and they called it a charge. And it was a brutal call. And listen, I'm not saying the refs did anything wrong in that game, but far from it. Uh, But they missed that one. And I'm really surprised the Lakers didn't question it. Because that was, that was critical. I mean, that's like, what are you saving your, your challenge for if not to keep your superstar on the floor during six, seven minutes of a basketball game where Lakers had sort of just finally gotten back into it after falling behind early, and then that forced LeBron back into the game extra in the first half. He didn't have the same gas in the second half that he's had in other ball games recently, and it was just this compounding thing. So LeBron was a little drunk. AD was very drunk. Vogel was a little drunk. The Kuzma and Markeith Morris were about the only guys in that game that didn't look like they were playing with their head in the clouds. So I think I do think a lot of that changes in this one. Um, I don't know how you don't look at Miami catching a ton of points because they've figured something out now on offense that should at least keep them in the ball game. The return of Adebayo does make me nervous. Like I said, if there was no personnel change here, I would go Miami and probably the over because you would have just seen a three-point shooting competition with both teams saying, um, hey, we're the Lakers. You're not going to beat us at the rim because nobody does. And we're going to sag off of you, Jimmy Butler, and we're going to make everybody else put the ball on the ground one time. You know, if they're coming off a screen, they're going to have to shoot on the pull-up. We're going to try to take away catch-and-shoots. And the rest is all yours. And that still gives Miami plenty of offensive things to try. And if on the other side, Miami made it very clear. They're like, we're going to send four guys at your superstars and leave everybody else completely unguarded. 
And if they take it into the key, we're still all going to be there. So uh, you're going to get a lot of wide-open three-pointers, and we dare you to make them. Long rebounds, there are going to be some offensive rebounds, there are going to be some putbacks, there are going to be some quick possessions, some rebounds that come right back out to the three-point line. You'll see all of that stuff. If Adebayo does not play in this game, if he does... Big question marks again. Do you fade the Heat as they go back to stuff that wasn't really working all that well? Do you back the Heat thinking that getting him is a jolt in the arm? When you look at the total, people are going to bet the over if he comes back. I would consider betting the under because you saw the Lakers actually did a much better job of taking Miami out of their offense when Adebayo was in there because they were able to recover to him easier. His shot wasn't a threat, and the Lakers aren't that worried about dudes going through A.D. and Dwight Howard near the rim. That hasn't been a problem, really. So you got to wait and see. We got to wait on the injury news for this ballgame. Um, I'm, I'm guessing from everything, reading the tea leaves, that Adebayo was playing in that instance. I'm probably leaving the side alone. I would consider the under on the total. If he plays, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play, I would actually consider the over. Oddly enough, there's been some suggestions the Lakers go back to that sort of funky uh, zone they ran against. Was that Denver briefly? They ran it briefly against Denver, and I think they ran it uh, very briefly against Houston, but that was. No, I'm getting that wrong. I feel like it was mostly Denver. Uh, that's a possibility in this instance because. It creates, uh, it doesn't allow Jimmy Butler to dribble straight into the middle of the key. So if he gets a switch of a small guy on him, it's not that big of a deal. They can bring some other people over to help. It is going to open up some three-point opportunities. So we'll see. I'm sure the Lakers are going to try some stuff. You throw a few darts at the wall. We'll see what happens. Again, thank you to my bookie for all of these numbers. They've got all sorts of stuff going on in this game. They've got the line. They've got the the total. But you've also got by the way it's uh the total's up to 219 already at my bookie so it's still getting bet up by the betting public i continue to look for reasons to take the under if Adebayo is playing but maybe it gets even higher maybe it gets a 219 and a half or 220 and in that case i would definitely look at an under sign up now by the way coupon code hoopball use it on that third page of sign up make sure they know who sent you mybookie.ag do it to it And by the way, if you don't want people knowing what you're doing on the internet, that would be a great time to sign up for our latest partnership with the good folks over at ExpressVPN. The special link there is expressvpn.com slash hoopball. You don't actually have to enter a code anywhere, but you have to go to that proper uh, custom link, expressvpn.com slash hoopball. You can... I, I tried this the other day. I said it on, on a show last week. I, I tried just signing on to a VPN in another country, and it didn't slow down my internet in any way. I was able to just... Nobody knew where I was. I didn't get the same weirdo attack ads everywhere that I was surfing. It was really, really cool. And if you sign up at that custom link, expressvpn.com hoopball, you get an extra three months, so 15 months of membership for the price of 12 you can sign up. You can pretend to be in Japan if you want to see uh, extra anime in your Netflix account. 
That's how things are unlocked in different countries that are not, not unlocked here. They, they have different selections of stuff. I actually have a, a, a relative. I have a cousin who works at Netflix who handles global marketing. It's, it's really remarkable how they do things differently across the world. It's not all the same shows everywhere. You can, uh, you can be in the UK if you want and watch shows there. Anyway, point is, it's really cool. It really is. And it makes you feel... I don't know. Look, I don't know what you guys do on the internet, but you probably don't want anybody watching you do it. So sign up now. ExpressVPN.com slash HoopBall. Very cool. Get 15 months for the price of 12. And that's our partnership over there. Um, today's a wild day. We got baseball starting here, I think, now. Um, MLB playoffs all day. NBA finals in the evening. I've got two LA sports playoff teams that I have loved since childhood going at the same time. It's a good problem to have. It truly is. Tomorrow, we'll break down the results of Game 4 NBA Finals. I'm actually, honestly, I'm glad. I'd love to see the Lakers just wrap this up quickly, but the longer it goes, the more uh, content we have. <laughs> now we don't have to transition into off-season mode again. Oof. Oh, boy. Let me tell you guys... Uh, I was debating whether or not to reveal this on air, but uh, I had my wife shave my neck over the weekend. Yep, it's gross. She did it. Uh, wouldn't let her do it if it wasn't with the Lawnmower 3.0 over at manscaped.com. Use coupon code HOOPBALL20, get 20% off and free shipping, and maybe you too can convince your wife to shave your neck. <laughs> it's a stupid... Oh my God. Why did I tell you guys that? Doesn't matter. I'm a hairy human being. It is what it is, and you're stuck with it. This was Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I'm Dan Vespers. Enjoy the night. Have a great time watching the finals, whatever you care about there. Enjoy your baseball playoffs. We'll get back at you tomorrow whenever we can. Again, uh, without, without child care help this week. So whenever I can squeeze in these shows, that's when they're dropping. Talk to you tomorrow, everybody. So long. This has been a hoop ball presentation.